guys, it is Amanda and Barron, and we are back again with Kicking Cancer Cares. And our sponsor for this whole second half is Marianne McNally. She is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection. She is currently going through her own battle with breast cancer, as you guys know. So please continue the prayers. They are very much appreciated and show her your love and support during this difficult time. Uh, If you're looking to buy or sell your home or just not really quite sure where to start, she can be reached at 503-409-4389. Again, that number is 503-409-4389. 4389. And she's such a sweet lady, you guys. Absolutely amazing. So please continue those prayers for her. She was great when she was in the studio with us. She was. Yes. If you guys missed her story, you can go to the podcast and check her out. Yeah. Well, if you just, if you missed the first half, we're really fortunate to have some guests with us from Lancaster, South Carolina. Yes. Um, Yay. Yay. So we we kind of touched this a little bit, um, Eric. You were kind of showing us a little bit, but your your son Santiago was diagnosed with this same awful cancer that Ozzy has. Can you can you share with us like how you found out? What were the symptoms? What did he go through? Kind of share Santiago's story with us, if you would. Yeah, sure. Um, it was in November uh, when Santiago started acting, and, and I know I think during your interview with Ozzy's parents, it kind of looked like he was drunk, like he was stumbling. Um, he was stare out in space a little bit and you'd have to like hey buddy what's going on um and i started noticing it more um and then i I said i'll never forget it i went to basketball practice with him i was his coach and he was struggling and he was super frustrated and he's not that kind of kid i mean he's a natural athlete and i remember him missing a shot and i just grabbed him and hugged him and i was like something's wrong and he just cried so i knew that okay we had to we had to go do something and the next day we were at the how 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 old was santiago at the time um he was eight when he was diagnosed just turned eight okay yeah just turned eight yeah and um again like i said it just it was at the basketball court and then when we went to the doctor's office um the doctor saw him and had a, a reaction and i knew something was wrong and said hey you guys need to go see a neurologist asap and we made some calls and you know like they are not available uh i begged uh, i mean i did everything i could and i i literally told them i will be there 30 minutes before you open i need you to see my son and they agreed and when they saw them that second um they immediately said we need you guys to get admitted um we believe he has a tumor and i'll just chime in um he when we saw the neurologist they did a little uh neurological exam where it was kind of like you know follow the finger touch your nose and i remember sitting there and Santiago could not follow the finger. He kind of fell over onto the exam table. And I remember turning away because I was just like, okay, something is really wrong. My heart sunk. And she had said, you know, she let Santiago leave the room. And she said, I, you know, she initially said, I think he might have a brain tumor. I'm going to send you straight to the ER to do a CAT scan to confirm but, um, you know, it's possible that he has a tumor. And then we went straight to the emergency room to do the CAT scan. Cynthia, when um, Shyla was talking about taking Ozzy in for that MRI and seeing the reaction, the text, was that something you could relate to? Um, yes, but not necessarily with, um, we had the, the CAT scan done first. Now, in her case, they kind of told her pretty quickly. And I mean, they told us pretty quickly, too, but... Once we did the CAT scan, we didn't see anybody else. Um, We were escorted to the emergency room, into a room, and we were waiting. And I remember I was walking through the hallway, kind of waiting for, you know, the results pacing back and forth. 
And just like Shyla had mentioned, I saw a group of people dressed in, you know, very nice, um, you know, work attire coming to our door, walking towards us. And I knew the only time they send, you know, a team of professionals like this is when you, when it's the news are, is really bad. So I knew something was wrong. And then they escorted us to the conference room. And that's when I knew, oh my God, this is for real. And um, the neurologist, um, I think she was a, a surgeon. Um, she pulled up Santiago's CAT scan and it was just a mass. All I remember seeing is like this massive, bright, white ball, I guess is the best way to describe it, um, on his scan. And it was huge. Um, and she said, Santiago has a very large tumor in his brain stem. And at first we said, okay, so what does that mean? And she said it looked like DIPG. Um, and she explained what it, you know, what type of cancer that is. And then we still were saying, okay, and so what do we do to treat it? And she just flat out said, it is a terminal cancer. And I don't think in that moment it fully hit, you know, we kind of were like <laughs> shocked, like this is not happening. Like you, you can't tell me you can't treat this cancer. Um, but I think for me at that moment, I kind of, I, I literally, I just, everything went black. I mean, it was like everything just slowed down. I was slow motion. And I think my mind from there on, I, I think I looked at Eric like, okay, Eric, you're going to have to handle this because I don't even know what to do. I mean, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. How long ago was that? That was in November of 2018. So not that long ago. Four, a little over four years ago. Correct. So how, how did his treatment differ from what Ozzy's gone through? So the, the standard of care is that they, they all get radiation. Um, we flew out to St. Jude, um, and that's where Santiago started his, his radiation. Uh, luckily, Santiago being older, as he could do some of the radiation treatments where he didn't have to be sedated. I know uh, Ozzy had to be sedated, and they talked about how that affected him because they couldn't eat. Um, so luckily, Santiago was able um, to go through it where he was allowed to be awake, and his symptoms at that time were increasingly getting worse. Um, and then after radiation, we had about a month where we had to wait, and then he would start his his chemo treatment. But actually in that month is where we saw the largest turnaround with Santiago, and basically that I mean, we thought he was cured. He was back to normal. We were playing soccer. We were doing everything that we were before. Everybody was shocked how well it, he was doing. There was some, uh, the tumor did shrink considerably during that time. So then we went into the chemo part of the trial where we were ready to go. And, you know, we had to stay a month there for the very beginning where he had to learn how to take pills. And we started, uh, the hardest part was the pills were so dangerous. Like they told me not to touch it with my bare hand. They said I had to wear a glove in order to hand a pill to my son. And of course I didn't listen. I'm like, I'm just going to pop it. I didn't want him to be scared of what I was giving him. So we, we did it that way. And, you know, he started off amazing um, and everything went really well. And then I don't know about six months, seven months later, um, we were actually on our way to see her cousin and he said he had a headache and his vision was starting to get blurry again. And, and I knew exactly what was happening. He was going through progression. When, when, was, when did he make that statement to you that the vision was getting blurry? Um, it was probably, I want to say, almost seven to eight months mm -hmm. post-diagnosis. 
Um, so I said he was doing amazing. We were on our way at the airport, on our way to go onto a flight, and he immediately told me, Daddy, I have a headache and I can't see straight. So we're like, and, like, and, like June of 19, somewhere in that range? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So once, yep. once, once symptoms were coming back and, and vision was blurry, so we're like June of 19, um, what happened then? So just like uh, like Ozzy, you know, once we had to confirm there was progression, and once we confirmed the progression, you know, they, they kick you out of the trial. So now it's, you know, all hands on deck. We had to find another trial to get into. Um, and initially our, our main doctor was just told us to make memories and, you know, not, not put him through more. And uh, obviously I wasn't going to sit back and let that be the answer. So I called every single doctor that had a study in the entire world. I talked to Australia, Germany, uh, the UK, Mexico. I called every doctor that had a trial and gave them our results and said, Hey, can you treat my son? And at that time there wasn't a lot of treatment options for kids that were in progression. Luckily enough, um, our radiation, uh, radiologist knew a colleague that was at Cincinnati children's. He made some phone calls for us. He did an MRI again, and I think he convinced them, to be honest with you. And then we started our next journey out in Cincinnati Children's Hospital, um, where we started another uh, chemo trial there that was able to work and um, stabilized him at some point. He did have progressive symptoms at that time, but he, we went through re-irradiation, and there was some damage caused by the second dose of radiation, which was causing his symptoms. Um, but overall, the tumor was stable for a considerable amount of time. And then we started to see some more degrading symptoms. And then that's when like, it felt like all of a sudden, but closer to, uh, you know, November-ish, December-ish is where we really started to have some troubles. Yeah, and probably about like like he said, towards November and December, um, we he started getting fluid buildup in his brain. And um, we had to, I remember... We were sent to the emergency room, and they put a shunt in, um, and he was home with the shunt for a while, but then he was having fluid buildup again. And um, by this point, Santiago lost all mobility. He could not walk. He could not talk. Um, he could not swallow anymore. Um, so it was, it was really bad. It wasn't, even, it wasn't even him anymore. Santiago, you know, for me as a mother, it was heartbreaking because it was just seeing a shell of who he was, it wasn't even him anymore. Um, and when we went back to the emergency room again to kind of recheck the shunt to see if there was any fluid buildup, that was when we were admitted into the hospital. Um, and they put, I believe they put a different shunt in, um, and that's when it kind of just went downhill. That last week, um, he just stayed in the hospital his, um, they put him on a breathing tube and, um, you know, just like I said, seven days later after they put a different shunt, um, his lungs collapsed and there was really nothing more that we could do. And it was just, you know, the doctors just said, you know, you have to let him go. Um, and you know, we did. When, so, I when, mean, it's, when did he pass? <laughs> when did he pass away, Cynthia? Uh, January 17th, twenty. 20, I believe it was. Yeah, 2020 um, is when he passed. Yeah. Today is the first Saturday in May, and we started something here back in January in, in Salem 
But my goal was that this would always spread out. And and if you guys want to do it there in South Carolina, fantastic. But the idea is that you find a park and you do it at 8 o'clock in the morning. So it's not time zone restricted. It's just 8 o'clock wherever you're at. And uh, mm-hmm. we call it a not in vain day. Uh, and and it, you may have heard me talk about it on the radio show before. But there is an amazing quote from President Lincoln as he's driving to the Gettysburg Address. And he's trying to he's trying to inspire the North to continue to fight the, the Civil War, not to let the nation split up. Um, and and he said in regards to that gravesite, he said, "From these honored dead, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we take increased devotion for the cause for which they gave the full measure of devotion. Don't let them die in mm. vain." Um, so we get together at 8 o'clock uh, uh, on that first Saturday, and we just, you know, the numbers are starting to grow. We had more uh, in in April than we had in March, uh, and it's just a chance to sit and remember those that have passed away. And, you know, we'll remember Santiago mm-hmm. in June. Absolutely. But um, Thank you. One thing that, for those that have followed Kicking Cancer on social media, is inside of the profile of our, of our Facebook page, there is a person, and that changes every single month, and, and May is Brain Cancer Awareness. We would like to honor Santiago this month. Oh. Oh, my gosh. That's yes, so special. You. Oh, my gosh, that's awesome. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. That's great. That's awesome. Brain cancer is a tough one to beat. So, yeah. you know. Yeah. The ones that do make it, uh, we have one young man, and Amanda's met him. Um, he was four when he got brain cancer, and he's 35 now, which is really amazing. Wow. Yeah, but to get the cancer out, the radiation and the chemo killed enough brain cells that he's about he's about 14 mentally. Um, he has mm-hmm. he has no hearing, so he has those um, cochlear implants. And whenever mm-hmm. I'm talking to him, he kind of turns his head so that I'm talking to the implant. But the fact that he's 35 and did beat brain, childhood brain cancer is amazing. And so um, I just, it's, brain cancer is a horrible one to beat. And so we just want to honor Santiago this month. Oh, thank you so much. That means so much to us. It really does. Thank, thank you, you so guys much. for sharing that story. That was not easy to listen to. And so um, you guys are very strong and we have Kleenexes in this room now, <laughs> <Yeah>. by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, Amanda, from anything from the last call, bring Kleenex. Yeah. Amanda and I, man, and I had usually one or the other of us gets emotional. We had one episode where both of us got emotional. It's like one of us has to pull ourselves together to keep this radio show going forward. But yeah. um, thank you so yeah. much for sharing Santiago's story. And, uh, you know, again, throughout this month of May, People can see Santiago. We're going to share his story on our website and, and honor him this month. Uh, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. That means a lot to us. Well, one thing I did want to maybe shift gears on a little bit less emotional topic. I'm <laughs> <laughs> buying this like, please, I want to stop crying over here. Um, there's a, there's <laughs> silently crying over here in the corner. <laughs> um, there's an interesting link, and it does kind of relate to brain cancer. But, you know, there's another, there's another disease of the brain called Alzheimer's. 
And for those that aren't really familiar with that, it really the brain is not doing what it's supposed to do, and people begin to lose memory, and they don't they don't function right. Typically, Alzheimer is affecting older people, uh, and there's more and more data. And so, I thought in our last few minutes, I would bring you some information about Alzheimer's. Okay. In our brain cancer awareness yes. and maybe get the Kleenexes away from yeah. Amanda for a minute. <laughs> um, but this is actually an article from, it's called healthline.com. Okay. So it's an easy spot to go find. It's a specific ad, uh, article they have on type 3 diabetes, which I find intriguing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, type 3. That's not type a thing. Three, right? Well, I'll, I'll tell you why it's a thing here in a second. Okay. Okay. Um, and for those that have found our website, it's kicking-cancer.org. One of our very first tips we have for people in, in the effort to not get cancer is to reduce the amount of processed sugar that you're consuming. Um, currently, 1 in 10 in the world have type 2 diabetes. 1 in 10 in the world <laughs> have type 2 diabetes. And if you have type 2 diabetes, it doubles your chances of pancreatic cancer. Oh, wow. Your pancreas is designed to filter sugar, and we're putting too much sugar in our bodies, okay? But that sugar also then begins to go to the brain, and they're finding more and more evidence that sugar and Alzheimer's are also connected. Oh, wow. That's scary. It is scary. So the the statistic I read was that currently one in nine in the U.S. will be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. One in nine. One in nine. Wow. Wow. 6.7 million Americans will be diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's a large number. And in Oregon alone, that's a, yeah. In Oregon alone, it's 69,000. Jeez. So a pretty good chunk of people. Huge. Yeah. So I thought, well, what exactly is type 3 diabetes? Mm -hmm. So the article says type 3 diabetes is a term used by some researchers to describe the theory that insulin resistance and insulin-like growth factor dysfunction in the brain may cause Alzheimer's disease. Some research studies have suggested that Alzheimer's disease should be classified as diabetes because of how the sugar affects the brain. So you had talked about what exactly, why is it type 3? Right. Um, So type 1 diabetes is when your body's endocrine system, the pancreas, doesn't produce enough insulin. Your son had something similar to this, right? Yeah. He actually had a a really rare disorder called hyperinsulinism where there was a small part in his pancreas that they called a focal lesion that was producing too much insulin and it was dropping his blood sugars. Yeah. And causing him to have seizures. Yeah. So, and, 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 and I think some of Ozzy's story was very relatable to you because your son was so young when he went through that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, type 1 diabetes is it's not producing enough insulin, so your blood sugar levels become too high. Mm-hmm. Type 2 diabetes is a chronic condition in which your body develops insulin resistance, causing your blood sugars to become way too high. Mm-hmm. Then there's gestational diabetes, which occurs during pregnancies if the body cannot produce the insulin it needs and your blood sugars become too high. So those are your three typical ones, but they're saying type 3 diabetes is a term proposed. So it's, the research is still out not there. A thing they're, officially. Not, they're not officially calling it yet. Right. But there's enough research that they're making an article about it. 
So type 3 diabetes is a term proposed to describe the hypothesis that Alzheimer's disease is caused by a type of insulin resistance and insulin-like growth factor dysfunction that occurs in the brain, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, there was a study done in 2016 that involved 100,000 people living with dementia, and it showed that this T2D um, protein was probably what was causing, causing that dementia. Okay. So they're doing a lot of research to try to connect the dots. Yeah. Um, what I found intriguing, again, when I found this, and I started doing some digging because you say, I don't, oh, yeah. don't like the grass grow, you right? You don't. <laughs> <laughs> in, the, in the late 70s, the late 70s, they, the, our government was testing aspartame as a, as a sugar substitute, late 70s. And what they were seeing was inside of mice and rats, all those rodents they test on, they were actually seeing brain tumors forming. Oh, wow. So they said, you wow. can you cannot move aspartame to human consumption. Right. Thank you. Except, <laughs> in, exactly. ni- except in 1983, Pepsi started using aspartame as a sugar substitute for diet Pepsi. Do they still use it? Yes. Yes, yeah. they do. Yeah. Yeah. How can they do that? It, how did it get allowed? Um, that is a big old political discussion. <laughs> but having having seen that, one of the things that I like is Snapple teas, right? I like, but oh, I, yeah, but, yeah. But I didn't want the sugar in my Snapple tea, mm-hmm. so I get the diet peach Snapple tea. Oh gosh, is Snapple with Pepsi? Uh, the Snapple has aspartame in them. The diet diet. Snapple, diet, I like peach. So diet peach Snapple, mm-hmm. the third ingredient is aspartame. The third ingredient. So in the late 70s, we were seeing tumors. That, they were actually seeing chunks inside of these rodents' brains, and they would, they would test those little chunks, and they were seeing aspartame in the chunks. So it was forming tumors inside of the mice. Right. And they said, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. take this to human testing. But you know what? Let's take it to the humans. <laughs> and and no one exactly. told us about that. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm just old enough that I remember I was in high school in the late seventies, early eighties, and in the earliest I remember, oh my gosh, here's this diet Pepsi. Fantastic. No and, and so for forty years we have been consuming aspartame. Stick to your water, guys. Stick to your exactly. water. <laughs> There's, there's That's lots. scary. It is really scary. That's terrifying, actually. It's really scary. So the, the, and these are things that people just don't know. And that's why you and I started doing this show. Exactly. <laughs> it's because it's, these shocking, it's the shocking information that applies to everybody. I mean, how many people out there are drinking Diet Pepsi? Probably a good amount of people. It's one of my sister's favorite drinks, actually. Well, and we, you know, we talk about how dangerous sugar is. Okay, so we're going to substitute sugar with something else. Well, better check and see what you're substituting it with. Right. Because aspartame mm-hmm. might be worse for you than the sugar itself. Right. How scary. It's difficult to navigate mm-hmm. what's good and what's not anymore these yeah. days because you just, you trust that you're not being poisoned, but you, you kind of are with yeah. almost everything yeah. in the grocery store except for just organic, well, we've got, raw things. We've got a couple of minutes, but I would love either Eric or, or Cynthia. Add, add, any thoughts here on this information I just threw out there? It's actually kind of crazy that you brought that up. One of the little girls that was in Santiago's trial, his mother had read something similar, and she was telling all the other parents to limit sugar um, because she had read the same thing. 
and said that that was what was helping their child get through the radiation side of things. So we had seen some of this. We had heard it. I had read it. I've, I've read similar studies to see how it affected. And it was kind of out there. I think when we went to Cincinnati Children's, uh, the doctor, I asked, are there any supplements or anything Santiago can take? You know, she gave us a whole list. And one of the top things she said is try your best to eliminate sugar as much as possible and the processed sugar especially. Mm-hmm. Well, there was a there's a story I'll tell in the future because we're kind of following a little timeline here. But I met a gentleman here in Salem and he had been diagnosed with a brain tumor and it had become to the point that it just wasn't treatable. They were basically saying, you know, just make him comfortable as long as you can. He really liked mm-hmm. Skittles, loved Skittles. Mm-hmm. And it's like Skittles are almost pure sugar, mm-hmm. right? And the cancer is feeding 100%. the sugar. But here's the reality. He likes sugars and anyway, he likes Skittles. So just keep him comfortable because he's going to die anyway. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he knew. That's what he knew. So, thank you guys so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having us. We we appreciate all the work that you do. Um, It means so much to us that there's people out there who are providing a voice to families like us, to like Ozzy, to know that you guys are supporting them is a huge thing. Uh, I know we can only wrap our hands around them so much from this distance, but to know they have people in their corner that are closer to them and helping build that community circle around them, it's huge. And again, like I said, I wish all families have that same. Same thing, but you guys are doing it here grassroots, and we we appreciate that, and we hope that catches on, and more people are doing the same. Yeah, well, definitely. We're, we're sharing more and more of the Santiago Strong stuff that I'm seeing on social, so we'll keep your movement going from the West Coast as well. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. So I'm going to give a huge shout out to our sponsor for this half of the show, that is Marianne McNally, who is a residential real estate specialist with Next Home Realty Connection, and if you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, not really sure where to start or what to do, call her at 503-409-4389 and make sure to keep her in your prayers as well as she's going through her own battle. We'll be back next week as as the the movement movement continues. continues.